Hi, welcome to the Wine Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Craig. Today's episode is extremely special to me for a couple of reasons. Number one, my friend James Wilson has prepared some new theme music for me. I hope you like it. You've heard it at the beginning. There's a full version of this song at the end. But I'm not going to dwell on James' music, although it deserves a lot of attention, because the other reason that this episode is special is because we're honoring Memorial Day in the United States. So I'd like to focus on that first. Uh, John Moynier from Purple Heart Wines is joining me today. He's going to tell us about his winemaking at Purple Heart Wines and his support for the Purple Heart Foundation. The Purple Heart Foundation provides a range of support to the service men and women in the United States. Now, I'm a Canadian, but I believe that the contribution, the sacrifice, and the service that our men and women in the armed forces all over the free world is very, very important, and sometimes we take for granted that they are protecting our freedom. So uh, I hope you'll enjoy this episode. I hope that you'll uh, learn a little bit about the Purple Heart Foundation and the important work that they're doing. And without further ado, here's John Moynier to tell us all about it. Let's go. In the run-up to the Memorial Day celebrations this week in the United States, I have the great honor to be speaking with John Moynier of Purple Heart Wines. Hi, John. Hi, Craig. Um, the story of Purple Heart Wines is a really admirable story, and we're looking forward to hearing all about, all about that. But it'd be great to hear about yourself, John, um, your background, and how you got into winemaking. Okay, well, after I got out of the, you know, the military, I went back to school and I transferred up to UC Davis with the idea of uh, you know, applying for the veterinary school there because I thought of I wanted to be a, you know have a career as a veterinarian. And I was taking as part of the first quarter up there as I was going to school under the GI Bill, and you have to have a minimum number of credits, you know, for a full-time student. And I was taking the wine appreciation course that was offered up there because I've always been interested in wine and got started, you know and wine, you know, when I was still in the military. And partway through the course, you know, they they started talking about the actual production of wine as opposed to wine-growing regions and that. And I just started thinking, boy, this is really an interesting subject. And I thought, well, you know, what sort of, you know, maybe, you know, maybe there's an opportunity for a career here because I had sort of gotten me, I figured out that it was, you know, my chances of, you know, actually being accepted at veterinary uh, school were probably pretty slim. And so I went to the the department head uh, and asked about career opportunities. You know, of course, he said, yes, there are. So I, I just on the spot changed my major to fermentation sciences. And then two more years later, graduated from Davis, you know, with a degree and in the uh, 1976 started my first winemaking job down in Madeira with the United Vintners, and after that I was I transferred up to Asti to be the winemaker for Italian Swiss Colony, and in 1985 moved on to become the winemaker you know at Charles Krug Winery for for the Simondavian family company, and stayed there for the next uh, 33 years. You've, so you've been a winemaker since 1976. Yes, yeah. Most winemakers talk about you know you know their years, at least I do, in terms of vintages, and so the 1976 vintage was my first vintage. And you've worked with some of the most storied names in uh, in wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Italian Swiss Colony is is a famous winemaker from the, from yes. the early. Yes, I mean it was you know. 
you know, back in the day, I, everybody probably remembers the little old winemaker me, you know, ads. I certainly do. And so it was it was a pleasurable experience to you know be, be the you know be the winemaker at such an historic winery. And C. Mondavi, did you did you stay with C. Mondavi for quite a long time? Yes, I was with uh, C. Mondavi for uh, since you know for thirty five years before uh, part you know re, you know sort of semi retiring. Fantastic experience, and you, you you mentioned right at the outset your own service with the U.S. military. Maybe tell us a bit about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, I was in the in the U.S. Air Force from uh, February '68 to January '72. I I chose the Air Force to enlist in because my father was a World War II. Uh, veteran, you know, he was a pilot during World War II. So, and then he actually stayed in the Air Force Reserve, you know, for about 30 years. So, I, I, I that's why I chose the Air Force over any of the other branches of the military. Uh, I actually, I went to, you know, after basic training, I went to a security police school and then a sentry dog handling school. You know, before I actually had an, you know, went to my first uh, permanent assignment in Oklahoma as a dog handler. And after that, uh, they closed that base down in one of the cost cutting phases, of, you know, that, you know, it's always ongoing, it seems, in the military. And I was transferred over to uh, Anderson Air Force Base in Guam for a year and a half. Uh, there I was the military training instructor for the squadron. And after that, I was I finished out my four-year enlistment at Vandenberg Air Force Base as a uh, law enforcement supervisor. And from there, I went back to school. So that description of your service with the U.S. military and the Air Force is a, is a good segue into talking about the wines, because mm -hmm. Memorial Day celebrations are coming up. Tell us about Purple Heart Wines. Where did the idea okay. come from? And, and you can take us wherever you wish because this is your sure. project. Yes, well, the, you know, Peter Mondavi and family company have always been interested in uh, causes that uh, help or aid veterans. Uh, Peter Mondavi Sr. was a World War II vet, so there's, there's definitely a connection with the military and veterans there. So they've always done things to, you know, try to provide some sort of, you know, help in one way or another. But this time we actually wanted to do a wine that would honor veterans. And we contacted the Purple Heart Foundation to see if they would be interested in a collaboration in a wine, you know, that or a wine brand, I should say, that would feature the Purple Heart. And, you know, because we wanted to, you know, do, you know not just veterans alone, but, uh, you know, wounded veterans, you know, specifically and we you know there's a lot of you know talk going you know back and forth talking they actually sent out a couple of their board of director members to actually come to the winery and taste wine with myself and uh, you know the family and ultimately we came to an agreement that they would authorize our use of the purple heart metal on the label and we actually contacted a Vietnam vet winemaker to work on the very first uh, vintage, which was 2013. And we, you know, 
got to you know got to, got a blend together. Uh, we and we you know he and I reworked it a couple of times before we were really happy with you know you know with what the wine would turn out to be. And we or I once the blend was you know approved by the family and the foundation, uh, I actually blended the wine, got it you know finished it, you know, got it ready for bottling, and we put it in the bottle. It was about 3,800 cases, if I recall correctly. And it, you know, actually sold pretty quickly. And so we immediately started working on, you know, the next vintage, 2014, uh, brought in another uh, veteran. It was a Iraq veteran, in addition to the, the first winemaker, and the three of us worked together on that blend, you know, we're you know work you know we've had several blending sessions, and <clears throat> you know same thing. I you know, I then personally you know had the you know saw the wine blended because I was the, I call myself the in-house winemaker, right? And you know so it was bottled and you know, we started uh, shipping it. At this time, the other two winemakers you know because. One of the things that was going to be involved with this, the Perflora brand, was the winemaker was going to go out and, you know, in the public and, you know, promote the brand. You know, talk to salespeople, talk to retailers. You know, to, you know, talk to talk about what we we're doing, why we were, uh, you know, promoting the, you know, something for veterans, and so, but. And, the other two winemakers, because they had their own jobs, one of them you know, owned his own winery. You know, were not were unwilling to do the traveling. So, and we're up to April 2017 now. The you know the family, because I was a veteran, asked if I would then take over officially the job as winemaker for Purple Heart, and I said absolutely. I, you know, I'm very honored to you know to be asked, and so. <clears throat> The uh, so I've been the winemaker for the last two you know winemakers for the last two years, and I put you know so right now we're did the same thing you know the 15 vintage is now the current vintage that we're shipping it's been released for about six months and so on and so I do a little bit of traveling around the country not too much you know tr- you know promoting the brand it's so that part it's you know you know kind of like why I really like doing this and uh, now the wine itself is uh, based on Merlot it's a red blend uh, Merlot is the you know, primary variety right. the current vintage the 2015 uses uh, in addition to Merlot Zinfandel Petit Verdot and Petit I'm sorry Cabernet Franc you know it's designed around uh, you know soft tannins you know you know good good body and structure Lots of fruit, and you know, very you know, it really drinks really nicely and goes with almost any food you can think of. You've got four of the five Bordeaux varieties in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I snuck Zinfandel in there because like oh, I really like right. fruit. Zinfandel is in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that, so yeah. it wasn't Malbec that you said; it was Zinfandel. Oh no, it's no, it's Zinfandel. Ah, right. Uh, right. I have used Malbec in other vintages. You know, you know, the Cabernet Franc or and or Malbec adds kind of a really nice fruit top note to the aromatics, and depending on I. You know, I'm trying to. You know, I think the 14 vintage. I use Malbec instead of Cabernet Franc. It all depends on, 
you know, the lots of wine that I've selected, you know, to, you know, do this. Sure. We're not, we don't try to make the wine vintage to vintage identical to one another. We, but there is a sort of a uh, trademark uh, profile to the wine that we're trying to, you know, maintain without, yeah. you know, being just like a copycat wine every year. Sure. Is, but no Cabernet Sauvignon so far in, in the blends? No, no Cabernet Sauvignon. Uh, frankly, uh, at the price point we're, we're offering this wine, we can't afford Cabernet for, uh, Sauvignon. <laughs> the Cab I mean, you know, just to be blunt just, about it. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, the Cab Sav from, from, from Sonoma is... You know, uh, is Sonoma can't, it, it just, I mean, we wouldn't, we'd probably have to charge, you know, ask 50% more money. And then we didn't, well, that was another, uh, you know, you know, sort of, thing we were talking or we talked about is we we don't want to make the wine so expensive that only you know a very small portion of the country could afford to you know or be willing to buy it we wanted to maintain uh, a suggested retail price of you know twenty dollars to make at least keep the wine somewhat affordable that makes perfect sense given the cause that you're trying to support right you're trying to mm-hmm. make this accessible yeah. and and promote the uh, the purple heart foundation yeah as part of the promotion uh, is we do an annual donation to the foundation and so far you know we've donated seventy thousand dollars to the foundation it is a fantastic cause and uh, um, and that's you know definitely part of the reason I'm very proud to do this episode with you the volume of wine that you're producing is it growing over time how's, how's that uh, it's growing slowly it's uh, it's you know part of it is you know just getting the distribution of the product out there I, it's not difficult to sell the wine it's just getting it to, you know getting it everywhere it's i believe at least it's available in all 50 states but probably in a lot of states it's fairly limited where we've actually you know gotten placements on a retail shelf you know so, but uh, it's we're currently you know it's running about 9000 cases a year no oh, that's a good that's a good because you said thirty eight hundred cases the first year, did you not? Yeah, the first then yeah the first vintage was thirty eight. I think the second vintage was about seven thousand cases. I think so. We'd like to see it more, you know, because we want the brand to do well, you know, you know, because we do want it out there to promote, you know, the cause of veterans, and you know, the idea that you know it's we don't want it to be you know you know we don't want it to be a wine that you know only is you know purchase for Memorial Day or Veterans Day. We wanted this to be a wine that's out there all the time, uh, you know, because we wanted to, we believe that uh, veterans and their and their needs should be out there in the forefront all the time, all, you know, 365 days a year, not just a few special holidays. It sounds like pretty good growth to me that you're up to 9,000 cases, and I yeah. wish you luck as you grow the brand further. Mm-hmm. We also have to talk about the Purple Heart Foundation. Tell us about that. Let's, let's, let's okay. about well, the foundation um, provide you know provide it's well actually it's the fundraising arm of the order of the Purple Heart, but you know as an overall organization they do a lot of things to help veterans. They support you know fund uh, research into you know post traumatic stress, you know brain injuries, uh, you know into uh, veterans uh, suicides. Uh, they also do advocacy, you know, and you know, and legislatures, you know, on uh, issues that you know affect veterans. But the biggest thing I believe they do is they help veterans 
uh, obtain benefits from the government that that they're uh, eligible for. And so they have counselors that can be, you know, that you know a veteran can contact, and they can, you know, aid them in determining what sort of benefits they may, you know, may apply for, and then help them apply for them because, you know, sometimes, you know, getting through, you know, the proverbial red tape of a government, you know, you know, makes it more difficult than it probably should be, you know, to uh, know how to, you know, go about the application. Um, I was just, matter of fact, looking at the foundation's uh, website. Uh, this morning, and just last year, uh, they aided veterans to obtain about two hundred ten million dollars worth of benefits. Wow! Wow! Well, I, I, and I can imagine what that's like, and I can see why that service is so important. Because government bureaucracy, being what it is, uh, mm-hmm. it may be hard for a person to know what they're entitled to in terms of benefits, and yeah. it may be hard for yeah. them to navigate the the red tape, as you mentioned. Yeah, the application process. But I think the first part is just knowing what you may be uh, eligible for. So the Purple Heart Foundation provides that kind of counseling service. um, And they do uh, a variety of, they have a variety of research initiatives. And there's a whole range of things that they do to support, Mm -hmm. uh, support the vets. Right. Yeah, I mean, I would recommend anybody that's interested go to their website, you know, just, you know, Google, you know, Purple Heart Foundation, and you know, go right to the website, and they could really read up on, you know, what they do and you know how they benefit, you know, veterans. Yeah, fantastic that you're doing this to raise awareness, uh, both uh, of the Purple Heart Foundation and the causes that they are um, enabling and and uh, supporting, but you know, also that you're raising so much money for them. What, what gives you the most mm-hmm. pride about this project, John? Well, I. Just the idea that you know we're you know I'm involved with something that helps veterans you know really makes me feel good. Uh, I'm you know I'm, I'm obviously proud of the wine, but that's you know that's you know sort of a typical winemaker response. It's just the idea that myself as a veteran, I'm doing something I believe that helps other veterans. And so it, it does make you feel good. It makes me feel proud that I'm you know doing this. I mean I, I'm. You know, trying to honor other people that have sacrificed more than I have, you know, in their lives. And what's next for Purple Heart Wines? Where are you going to take the brand going into the future? Do you have a Do you have a vision for where this might go? Well, I mean, you know, that's you know, we've talked a couple of times about creating a white wine for Purple Heart, but so far we really haven't been serious about it. We're sticking, you know, we just really want to concentrate on this one red blend and try to make it you know you know get it you know obviously sell more than you know than we currently are and you know really concentrate on it and not you know maybe at some point in the future we might consider a second wine for the brand but not currently yeah, it sounds like you're having good success and i it yeah. seems to me it might be a really good idea to add a white but i'll leave that up. <laughs> you're not the first person to voice that opinion yeah 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 if if you can grow the brand and if you can grow the uh, distribution and and thereby increase the awareness. It's a, it's a, uh-huh. it's a good thing. Yeah. Congratulations on the success you've had, and um, well done for supporting such a good cause. I think we should give a shout out to C. Mondavi for uh, helping to support this as well. Yes. Uh, anybody mm-hmm. else? Yeah. Anybody else we should thank the Purple Heart Foundation. I guess well, it's just the you know the C. Mondavi family is you know it's really all there. Is, you know it's without their support you know this wouldn't have happened. 
Well, wonderful talking to you today, today, John. Thanks for your time on the Wine Beat Podcast, and look forward to hearing more about the success of Purple Heart Wines. Sure. Thank you for having me on. All right. Take care, John. Bye. Okay. All right. That was John Moynier of Purple Heart Wines. You can find out more about Purple Heart Wines and the Purple Heart Foundation on the show notes for this episode on our website, www.thewinebeat.com. And while you're there, you're going to notice that our website is just been relaunched. It's fresher, it's newer, it's uh, more attractive. I think it's great. There's some new content. I'm building different streams of content, including the wine region articles and a section that I call Dispatches, which is general uh, general material about the wine industry of interest. I think you're going to love it. So please come and visit the WineBeat website and listen to the podcast and check out the other content. And special thanks, special shout out to James Jimmy Wilson for the fantastic new music. I'm so proud of this music. Jim did me a big favor to record it. He's a fantastic musician. Um, so here's the full version of the song that Jim did. Uh, you're going to f- hear this music in future podcasts because this is my new theme. I just love it. I can't uh, can't stop raving about it. Here we go with Jimmy Wilson. You can talk about your whiskey. You can talk about your beer. You're looking for the kind of talk you ain't going to find. Old world to the new, you'll find it.